0: Hey, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. We go over actionable tips that have served my business well over the last 30 years, and hopefully they'll be beneficial to you too. That's it. Hey, everybody, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. We got a treat today. We got Vince D. from Anson PDR. Vince, how you doing?
1: Not too bad. How you doing, Brian? I'm
0: doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for taking a moment out of your out of your day to pop in here
1: not a problem anytime that's what i'm here for
0: yeah no that's that's cool so got a few things to talk about some cool stuff um so i met you it's been at least two three years ago uh the one only time at uh the socal meetup at mcgill's uh beach cities
1: yeah that's right yeah
0: and how many how many years have that's right before you left i think right
1: that is right before I finally made the move from uh, California to Texas. Yes. Right.
0: Right. Uh, how many years has that been?
1: Dot. This June will be three years. Jeez. Yeah. So I think uh, I think Meg, uh, Jeff McGill's tech tech meetup was around Christmas time, if I remember correctly, sometime around there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe November or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like six months later. I was, I was out of Southern California, 23 years in Southern California was enough. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Can't wait to talk about that. Um, yeah. So, so we'll, let, let's start, let's start back at the, at, when you were just a little bean sprout and and you had your shop in SoCal and unfortunately I, ne- I never, never came up, we never crossed paths, um, which is, I mean, I, I saw you online doing some of your podcasts and stuff and your, your online presence, but I never saw your shop. Sure. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about
1: that vince all right well uh you know to go back we did have some encounters though because i believe you used to have uh underneath uh, with with superior you had a message board for years oh no so that's Dude, way back yeah so I'm, I'm an old technician that's been around since 95 i started with dent wizard in 95 in chicago mm-hmm. There and then go. from uh, from Chicago, I transferred out to SoCal in 98 with Dent Wizard. And then right. I stuck around with them until 2000 and split and left them and started my own gig. So uh, right about that time, about 2000, you had the message boards going before doording.com. You know, we used to hang out on your message board.
0: Yeah, it, and, it was called uh, uh, the PDR form or the PDR room. I can't remember, but it was me maybe two other techs and a crap ton of Dent Wizard techs.
1: Yes, yes, including Tom Price and uh, th- there was a whole bunch of guys.
0: There was. Yeah. There was, and the problem was I mean the good thing was there's was a lot of dudes and it was in the early days, you know, and there was a lot of I mean you you knew you remember what it was, it was just a bunch of chatter going back and forth about Dent Wizard sucks and this and that and then every now and then I was getting emails from from corporate and and, and some of the yahoos were just saying, you know, you can't say that, you know, we're going to sue you, you know, which as you know, Dent Wizard loves to do. So, and I finally just got, it was just a, fight, a snowball fight between the, the texts that had left or that were going to leave and the texts that were, you know, tried and true DW till they
1: die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, it, it was cutting edge at the time. It really was because there wasn't really message boards around. There was no Facebook. No. There was... You know, this is like pre MySpace stuff, or we're just getting on MySpace and right. discovering the internet and, and the social media type of atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it was it, I, you know, I, I gotta applaud you for that because it was uh, a meeting ground, maybe not for what you intended. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, w- there was some relationships that definitely came from that.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, do do you know this is the name Greg Holt? Is yes. That, okay.
1: Yes. Greg Holt.
0: Yeah. Got, rest in peace, Greg Holt. But yeah. uh, that's speaking of that. That's how I met him. Oh, and, really? and we went to the first or second PDR Olympics. And he, he's a Florida guy. Uh-huh. And Pensacola, to be specific. I met him out there at the house, met the wife. And then we wrote it down in his souped up Dakota V8 something rather doing, I don't know, buck 30 to get to Orlando in like an hour or some crap. It was nuts. But a real cool cat, and he won the thing. Yeah, oh, wonderful. He dropped the mic, and he did – and the work – did you ever go to any of the the early uh, PR Olympics?
1: Yeah, uh, myself and Mike Toledo uh, were – we started going, I want to say, in 2005. So we met – I think the first one or two was in Orlando, then they went to Tampa,
0: and that's when I started
1: going was when it was in Clearwater, Tampa.
0: And I bet you – and maybe I don't know. We'll see what you want to say about this, but and I'm gonna try to keep as PC as possible. But I remember walking around looking at the work, you know. And back then it was a similar format, white cars. They didn't have the air cannon yet, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't super consistent. You might draw a bad a bad number, but the work overall wasn't that good, you know. Yeah. But the, the industry was young.
1: Sure. So, I, I I think a little bit of that and a little bit of a lot of guys didn't take it very serious because it was more you know not like now you guys you guys got technicians now around the world that practice year-round for the dental olympics right trying to make their name at the dental olympics oh yeah and uh i never competed because i was usually too hung over the next day or or you know having too much fun and never yeah. really saw a purpose for my needs to do it right but i i remember uh the first time toledo did it we were out drinking till like three o'clock in the morning and then he gets his number pulled and he goes over there and he's fixing a dent and some yep. guy interrupts him while he's fixing the dent and then he goes back to fixing the dent and he turned out he started working on the dent next to him not realizing that he uh you know, so it's not so that he uh, he tried to finish someone else's dent, which was obviously hacked up if it was half yeah done right? (laughs) And he's probably
0: hung over. And if anybody is listening to this, this is pretty funny. I don't know about you, Vince, and I don't even know if you still push or not, but I can't do quality work when I'm hung. Not
1: Not at all. Not at all. (laughs)
0: That is too funny.
1: Yeah. So that that was, you know, I haven't missed an MTD since, to be honest with you. I've, not even the biggest ones. Uh, I've gone every single year since then. It's uh, definitely a lot of fun and, and uh, great networking. I've met some of the, the, you know, my closest friends at MTE, especially right. in this business. So it's yeah, pretty cool. there's,
0: there's the great thing about this business amongst other things, but there's a lot of good personalities, there you is. know, and I, I haven't been back. I, I need to get out. Even just the Vegas one, like you said, I mean, there's no excuse. I could ride my tricycle out there pretty and, much. you know, and, and there's just so many cool people and, and it's, go, it's growing and, and the quality and so many different things. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, we're lucky to have it. We really are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a great launching point for, you know, uh, door dingers or hail guys to meet other connections for storms in the future and stuff like that. It, it's, it's, yep. it's business and, and fun. All of it is. So. It is. It's party in the yeah. front business in the back. Exactly. That's, that's my new motto. I just, you know, I live in Texas now, so I had to go with the mullet look. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, I think I think that's required.
1: Yes. It's, it's the uh, equivalent
0: of a jacket and tie.
1: Right. When you, when you get off the plane here in Texas, when you move here, they, they hand you a horse, uh, a gun, and a mullet. Wow. <laughs> Interesting state. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going
0: to write uh, that down. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so So let's circle back real quick. Yeah, um, sorry. It's all right no it's all good that was good stuff there um so you got your shop in socal you yeah. doing your thing you're yeah. you're here for doing that a couple decades i would think at least or right
1: yeah yeah uh well 98 2000 i left Ant wizard i hung low for many years and didn't have a shop uh i built up uh and i only wanted to do retail i did not want to go back to uh wholesale used car lots and stuff like that so right. and one of the ways around not getting sued by dent wizard was not to go into the lots so yeah, i, I nice, yeah if they see
0: you go in like everybody talked about on the forum back in the day yeah you're just people. asking for trouble
1: so i, I did that i i d- developed a lot of uh, detail shops and taught them how to sell dents and oh, i wow. made my living running around body shops and detail shops uh up to whittier Wh- whittier was one of my greatest accounts uh a, little detail shop out, out of there and uh, down in Belmont Shore down the Long beach I had an account down there that was top dollar and huh. uh, I made my living and socked away my money and uh, yeah. and then I I don't I want to say I opened up my shop in about 2000 what are we in now 2018 uh, 16 2016 okay <clears throat> so 2008 actually it was longer than that 2008 is when the big crash happened right
0: oh yeah
1: so uh i thought i don't know about you brian but i thought i was doomed who the hell is gonna spend money on fixing door dings you know they're trying to make their mortgage payment you know put food on the table to feed their family and stuff like that right but it was one one of my biggest years to date for from that point forward was 2008-2009 because what I found it was people were holding on to their cars longer right right so used they were cars. exactly used cars yep. went up just like this last pandemic used cars went up yep. and uh everyone was holding onto their cars as well and fixing dents and dings and and uh I got a lot of calls for bumper repairs all the time and uh just like you know every door dinger gets calls for bumper repairs all the time all the time so I added on uh, a technician to do bumper repairs at that time in right. 2009 and uh we started doing bumper repair combo repairs that's where I really learned how to blow out my shoulder and my arms and stuff from doing these huge repairs <laughs> oh no doubt no I know So with these tiny little tools that yep. uh, you know nowadays we have great tools to do big damage oh yeah you no, know, clue glue pulling was coming out on the market. We're like, what the hell is that? We're not doing that. That's stupid. That's a gimmick. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, yeah. That's not real PDR. No, no. So uh, we did that for quite a few years. And then I decided to make a leap into a shop because I thought that was a natural progression. And I had always had the idea that I need to sell my business one day. And right. there's no way I'm going to sell my business if I'm just a mobile PDR guy by myself. How, how, how are you going to do that? It's very yeah. tough
0: especially retail
1: yeah yeah so yeah. i had the numbers to prove every, everything but they're all based on me fixing the car it's not someone else
0: right staff so you so you got that shop down there you're doing retail maybe a little bit of wholesale i assume
1: no not really i okay. i never really went back to wholesale uh uh, yeah, I, I would do I would do some body shops if they were willing to uh, pay my my price. Right. I I did a lot of uh, I did like fast cars in Redondo Beach, which is a Ferrari restoration shop. Nice. And uh, I had them all along, and I I would make that journey up to Redondo Beach from uh, from Irving Irvine, uh, only because they were paying me to work on these multi-million dollar old ferraris from you know, amaz- the- yeah amazing <laughs> that's so, pretty
0: sick to work on old ferraris not to many people get that opportunity
1: no and, and it was it was a pleasure doing it and uh you, you really have to know what you're doing for one thing but uh there, i worked that account for f- over 15 years and i did make a mistake once or twice you know i burned the paint on a, on a freaking two million dollar ferrari trying to heat it up, heat it up wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: question on that one. Let, do, do you want to talk about that, or is it too painful? Yeah, yeah, no, no,
1: not at all. No, no. Okay,
0: oh, all right, good. Now, everybody's wound different, Vince. I don't want to dig up skeletons if it's, you know, all of a sudden you're going to freak out. Uh, no. So that was probably a torch, not a heat gun?
1: That was a torch. That was a map gas, gas torch.
0: Yeah, and which was, is what I use
1: uh-huh, most of it was a super hot day in the shop, and they had one of the, like, the swamp fans going on. Yeah. And it was blowing down air, and I hit that torch to heat up that gun with my map gas, and it spit flame balls. And one flame ball hit the paint and instantly, whoop, bubbled oh the paint. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So uh, I've learned if I go there and I have to heat up a panel, they need to turn the, the swamp cooler off. Yeah. So. Damn.
0: That's, yeah, I've never heard I mean, trust me, things, weird things have happened to me too.
1: Yeah, if you, sure. If
0: you're in the game long enough, you will see some extraterrestrial kind of things that happen to us.
1: Yes, yes. It, it's unavoidable. It's part of doing business, right?
0: It's a cost, right. It's a cost of doing business. You are going to jack up some shit. I don't care who you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just we, we all do it. We all do it. So,
0: yeah, we're humans. Yeah. Um, right. So you had the shop. You're doing bumpers. You're doing dents. You did Anson approach you, or did, you were getting ready to sell it? I remember you you talked about selling it, and then how how did the connection with Anson happen?
1: Well, Anson Anson kind of headhunted me. Uh, they, at the time we were doing our podcast PDR Tool Time. and they wanted us to come out for their first annual open house which was going to be seven years ago this this march and uh so myself and daniel graham we flew out to uh fort worth and my first impression of of this area was like holy crap this place is really cool all the people are really nice and uh you know, myself and Daniel, we, we stayed downtown Fort Worth and there was an art fair going on and, and uh, you know, a walk, art walk for all weekend long. And we just had a great time Yep. and Craig Dyer from Anson, uh, he's the father of Christina, Christina's the owner. Right. And, uh, Craig heard, overheard me in the back seat, saying to Daniel, Hey, you know, I bet you, my wife could live here. So. You know, he had a little ding, ding, ding go on.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So uh, what came around from that was they, about six to eight months later, Christina and Craig, Christina approached me about uh, teaching the IMI class. Right. Which is the, excuse me, the electric vehicle, uh, hybrid electric vehicle powered on procedures so we don't kill ourselves and don't damage a car. Right. It's what everybody should take, by the way sure yeah and that you know that was seven years ago no not seven i'm sorry probably about five years ago that i took that venture on right, uh, right but they 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 told me that you know they were hoping that we i would consider doing it and it was something that i could do from california right and uh the I, I agree to it. They actually flew out to meet me in California, the two of them, because that's kind of wow. how they do business. Uh, I said I was interested, in, and they were on a plane within two days and, and at my doorstep. And they're like, uh, well, this is what we want you to do. This is what we could pay you, and this and that. And I'm like, okay, okay. And uh, I signed up for it. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I, I think we need to consider moving to Texas. So uh they flew me out to England to get certified by IMI which was a, a big ordeal to fly from LA that to, to England and and uh go through the classes and become a certified uh trainer for that right right so an instructor yeah so they you know we're a little bit more cavalier about our training and stuff like that here but, but over in Europe I mean they they they're an ass whipper they whip you into shape right and they they take things Far more serious than we do. Not that we don't take things serious, but we're like, oh, okay, that's okay. But no, there's everything is by the book with all with stuff over in Europe. So, So I did that. It was, uh, 10 days in, in England. And I, I had to, uh, and I became a certified instructor for international motoring industry, which is the IMI. Right. So I took that back here. I traveled all over North America and, uh, and the notion that I was gonna to move to Texas once my son graduated eighth grade. I right. didn't want, he was in private school in Long Beach and I did not want him to uh, get disrupted with his right. his studies and stuff like that. So I yep. uh, went to Canada a few times, uh, all over the US, Boston, every, everywhere, Chicago, St. Louis. Went back to Dent Wizard, my old, you know, my old employer taught technicians there and certified wow. technicians there. So uh, <clears throat> then COVID hit, and then everything came to a screeching halt. Right. With the the training and the instruction of it, yep. So okay. I couldn't travel anymore. Traveling around was uh, pretty much non-existent. So I it was tough, set up shop. Yeah. And and uh, at that point, we were committed to moving to Texas, and uh, we followed through with moving to Texas. Jesus, that's yeah.
0: crazy. So I might led you in, and then. IMI, and then I'm assuming you also help with equipment and all that.
1: Yeah, well, right now the IMI is going through some changes with uh, where with we, we were we were underneath TDN, right? Uh, in England, yep. as so if you think of it, like TDN was the hub of the wheel, yep. and we were a spoke that came off of TDN that taught the IMI classes, right? Yep. so they could have other spokes to teach it whether it's you know brian jump in california or whoever in australia so tdn was bought out by kiko about a year and a half ago
0: i didn't know that
1: wow yeah so when that happened that because they're so strict at imi they knocked us down to a high risk category so now we have to jump through loop hoops and barrels and all sorts of stuff when I teach a class, which we didn't have to do before because TDN had been a, an established company with the IMI. Okay. So okay. they just not that Kiko is doing anything wrong. We're teaching of the same not. exact class, right? But now we get relegated down and we have to build our way back up. Interesting. Yeah. So
0: okay,
1: when I teach the class, when I'm teaching the class. Normal protocol is I have to be what they call invigilated four times a year. So they have to watch me teach a class at least four times a year to make sure that I'm teaching it properly. Wow. That is strict. Very strict. Very strict. Dang. So and obviously during COVID, no one was traveling from Europe. I wasn't going over there. So it kind of, uh, that process, just the natural progression, and then being bought out, company changed name and all that, it got knocked back down to a a high risk category. Insane. So,
0: so right now, Anson's not doing IMI.
1: No, right now I'm not, I can, but it is an ass whip trying to uh, get the paperwork pushed through to make it happen. So what used to take, you know, a couple two, three weeks takes a couple, two, three months now. Not worth it probably. Not not just yet, but we're working on it because I think now where we were, we might have been a little bit premature teaching those classes. You know what I mean? People didn't take it so serious. Now I get calls every week. Hey, when are you teaching the next class? When are you teaching oh, the next like, class? Trust
0: me. I, I would, uh, that's why I wanted to talk about because I've got students always coming through here. And even myself, I, I need to put myself through because there's so many different things. You got Lucid. There's all these different, you know, Rivians. Mm-hmm. I would love to get out there and take it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, like Tesla, for example, they don't want you working on the cars at all unless you're certified. Right. Like, and, if you and go the service, it. yeah, it's dangerous.
0: Trust me, it, it's it's scary. If you know, talk to a PDR tech doing a dent on the charge port side, you know, by the taillight over there. Let's have a conversation. Right. You know, yes. it's yeah, if you don't know what you're doing, and it does it, any Chevy Bolt doesn't really matter. You know, there's all you can get in trouble real quick.
1: You get in trouble, or you could damage the vehicle too. And right. you damage something on these cars. It's not a couple hundred dollars. No. It is not. No. Nope. So. No. Nope. Wow. Uh, and and that's the, the class really what it teaches you is more along the lines of the safety that's involved and knowing the anatomy of these cars and right. following what the what the manufacturers tell you to do while right. you know powering these suckers down.
0: Power them down, that's right.
1: So, and it, it takes moments to do it. It's not a big deal. It's no, really not
0: a big deal. Not at all. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's just, it's, it's important. I mean, every, every car, like, like Priuses, they, every car's got its unique set of criteria and, and protocols. And sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I hope you guys get it back. I, I mean, I, I yeah. heard and saw nothing but good things. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Everyone that, the and there's people, there's, I, and it's something, but I had a lot of technicians from and even other industries besides PDR that would take our class. And they uh, they took the iCar class and they still didn't know how to power down a car or they didn't feel comfortable doing it. Where you know the class that I taught, it was hands-on. You, there was classroom setting for about three, four hours, and then you got right. out there and you actually did it.
0: Right, so everybody so, knows how to do it, put their hands on the car.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's, so. that's the way to do it, that's awesome
1: yeah so you know i hope it, it kicks up again it, it should uh it's just a matter of finding the right uh the right fit with uh which is now kiko and and doing what we need to do to, to kind of raise our uh, our status so we don't have to jump through so many hoops
0: right right right, right. well let's hope that comes together soon yeah oh, um, absolutely so, aside from, from IMI, you're at Anson. You guys are a major supplier of multi brands, yeah. uh, equipment, and such. T- tell everybody about, about what Anson's about.
1: Okay. Well, Anson is, mo- yeah, Anson is the world's largest distributor of paintless dent removal tools for our industry. Uh, yeah. We carry pretty much a little bit of everything of almost everybody, not everyone. Right. But uh, we, we probably have uh, the oldest relationship is Dentcraft. Yep. We probably uh, sell more Dentcraft uh, than anyone else besides Dentcraft. There
0: you go.
1: And uh, we have three different locations. We have our main location in Burleson, Texas. And then we have two satellite locations, which are PDR technicians that have space in their shop to have a, a showroom that you could nice. go in and buy as well. Uh, one of those is in Plano, Texas. And the other one is in our Arlington, Texas, which is our old building where we were for 25 years. Right. So, uh, and then we have two vans to drive around right. across right. the Midwest and all over uh, selling tools as well. Kind of like the snap on trucks. Okay. Does Craig drive one of them? No, no, that's, that's Chris. A lot of people okay. mistaken uh, Chris for Craig or Craig for Chris. But I'm uh, yeah, no, it's, it's very common, but yep. uh, Chris is my age, which is forty-nine, in okay. about two weeks, and then right. Craig is what fifty-seven, but right. uh, you know they're hardened Texas boys, so they look a little bit older than they are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's how like get whiskey.
1: Yeah, whiskey and Coors Light. Like the Light. <laughs> right, light. Yeah. Um, so, so the uh, largest
0: you got? Yes. Obviously, tools, lights, blue stuff, everything, right?
1: Everything you can think of under the sun. Uh, we have our own brands, which is uh, the the main one that a lot of people see now is the tequila brands. Right. Uh, it, chances are, if you're using uh, any hot glue, uh, we're probably the manufacturer of that hot glue. Okay. Uh, and definitely the distributor of it. There's a couple brands that we don't that we don't have or we don't carry, but everything else is pretty much an Anson uh, product. Nice. So. Uh, so it all come, kind of comes through us. Uh, we have a lot of different tabs that we, we carry other brands, obviously. So Kiko, uh, gosh, we have so many different tabs. We we've acquired a lot of companies through COVID as well. So, uh, you know, PDR outlet, maybe you've used to buy from PDR outlet. We bought them, uh, Brian or, uh, Brian, he sold it to us uh, about a year and a half ago that's probably going to come back to life here in in the next week or two. You'll be able to shop at PDR outlet here pretty soon. Nice. PDR outlet.com. Uh-huh. Uh, dead Dents, dead on Dents, the, you know, dead on dent tools. Right, uh, right. It's now dead dent tools. We own that now. Uh, yeah, we, we own that. Uh, there's a few other smaller companies. Cause I think a lot of technicians like myself, I had the magnet tech map. I don't know if you right. that. Of but, course, they're awesome. You know, technicians are are first and foremost in coming up with great products and what we need, right? That's right. But you know, there's a difference between, you know, being a technician and being a tool company. And it's very difficult to be a tool company. <laughs> so there's uh, so a lot of these guys that come up with some of these one off ideas and stuff. They find that you know what I can make more money fixing dents than selling this one tool. So, right. that's where you know companies like Anson or or you know even A1 and, and some other companies they buy out the smaller companies.
0: Right. So no, it makes sense. Like you said, I mean the amount of money that a, that a good tech can make, you know, you you're going to sell quite a lot of tools. I mean, we used to sell our tools on the market back in the day. And,
1: yeah.
0: And now it's just we we do so much business you know, that I we still manufacture in house, but just for our students and our own texts. And then sure. we complement that with stuff from you guys, I buy from you guys, I buy, you know, a little bit of uh, dent craft, dead on like you mentioned that, I bought we bought their, their tap down and stuff. So, and of course, Kiko and, and the, and the lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just yeah. stopped making sense for us to, to sell tools, because it wasn't our core competency at the end of the day.
1: Sure. It's a, you got to do what's profitable, right?
0: You do, and I saw a lot. I saw a lot of growth, and and we still are experiencing the markets. Just as you said, I mean, even even in a in an economic you know slump, when California we had all those repo houses on the markets, and and I, I was just like you. I was panicking. I'm like, oh shoot, what's going to happen, you know? And at the time, we had a lot of auctions. I was doing some Mannheims and some Odessa's uh-huh. and what had happened was we started getting flush with all these repos. Which yeah. was fine. I mean, hey, fix the repos, guys. All right. I'm, I'm glad to do that. So for two or three years, it was just feast. You know, when the rest of the economy was was like this, we're just, you know, where can we, what do we do with all this money,
1: you know? Sure. So, yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Well, what I was doing was I saw I was stocking it away because uh, I knew that one day I wanted to sell my business. Yeah. I had to have yeah. a brick and mortar. I felt I had to have a brick and mortar to do it. Uh, yeah you know, my thing was real estate. So I had a couple of houses in California. Uh, when I moved here, I bought this house here in Texas that I'm living in now. Uh, so I, I've always tried to live well below my means, because I don't want to work like a dog the rest of my life. Right. So that's wisdom right there, kids. So and, you know, I'm, I'm pushing for this is my last year in my 40s. And, uh, you know, I, I have means of not Yeah. I I didn't want to be fixing dents past 55, right? Like physically, that was one of my goals. And I always had goals set up. It's like, okay, I want to own my first house by the time I was 25. Boom. Bought my house. You know, I want to have a, a brick and mortar. Boom. Brick and mortar. Scary as shit. Probably just as scary as buying my first house. Right. You know, uh, but you know, I just set myself up with goals. And try to hit goals along the way, and right. I've really hit them all.
0: That's awesome. Not a lot of people can say that, Vince.
1: Yeah, well, there's you know, you think you have it all, but then you know you, you have a wife come down with breast cancer, and then you freaking you know the you hit the brakes. You know, it's like right. all right, did you you didn't plan for that goal to happen? <laughs> no,
0: life so, will throw you some curves.
1: It does throw you curves along the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely, I'm, I'm not a super religious man, but, uh, I do say I've, I've had a charmed or blessed life for sure so far. Right.
0: Yeah. You and I were, I don't know if you mind saying, but we were chatting about that before we went live that, uh, recorded, I guess was that I was asking how your wife did and, and so, so far she's recovered. You to... Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's, uh, she's, uh, cancer free and, uh, through a whole bunch of surgeries and, uh, you know, she has that, that BRCA1 gene, kind of like uh, Christina Applegate or, or – uh, who's the other one? The dark-haired girl that was uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And, uh, oh, they, Jolie. Jolie, yeah, yeah, yeah. They found out before they got cancer. So they went and had the boobs cut off and had the ovaries, all that, taken out. My my wife found out after she got cancer. So right had to get all that stuff done and survive the cancer part. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, it, it's all good. It, it's, it's behind us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's taught me to be a little bit more compassionate, which as a, as a man, I hasn't, haven't always been compassionate. There you, <laughs> you go. Know, being, being married 23, yeah, 23 years this June. So, yeah,
0: but yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. that in itself. I mean, we should all, I, you got two years, on no, one year on me. It's, it ain't easy. For all the listeners out there that that you know that have been married I don't care if it's one year or even if you have a long-term girlfriend It there's challenges for two two different the sexes to get along you know so
1: yeah yeah for you know, sure that's
0: awesome and so you're in Texas you yeah. work for Anson what, yes. what's the difference what are some give us some of the differences you talked about the mullet gun kit that they hand you when you get off the, <laughs> the cowboy airlines but what uh what are some some differences besides the, between Cali and Texas?
1: Well, uh, no, I'm joking with all that. They don't have any guns, and it's not a gun crazy <laughs> place. You you will see on occasion someone with a sidearm, you know, in a restaurant or something like that. Not sure. a restaurant; they're not allowed to bring it in a restaurant. But uh, you would see, you know, on occasion a guy with a gun. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's Dallas is very much like L.A. I mean, Dallas tries to be like L.A., it really does, Uh, in the sense of it's a thriving metropolis. Uh, I don't go up to L.A. I've been here three years, and I've probably been there four times. Right. So I'm in the the next big city over, which is Fort Worth. Okay. And uh, it's a little bit, it's like the, the, what do they call it, the gateway to the west? No, the gateway to the west is uh, St. Louis. They call it Cowtown for one thing. But where the west starts, that's their moniker. Okay. So it's it's uh, you'll see people around here in Fort Worth with cowboy hats and cowboy boots. Sure. And uh, there's a lot of gentlemen out here and a lot of ladies out here.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. Yep. Sh- handshakes mean something out here. A look in the eye <laughs> means right. something out here. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of good people out here. Uh, That's awesome. The weather is definitely not California though. I'll tell you
0: that. No. So now you, you can't have it all Vince. Come on.
1: No, you can't. You can't. And, uh, you know, the, the, the winters are pretty darn mild. I'm originally from Chicago. So if it's in yeah. the teens around here, it's no big deal. Right. But that only lasts a week or two and then it's back, back to normal temperatures. Right. But, uh, the, the summers are pretty brutal. They're, they're hot and humid. Yes. And, uh, there's a lot of lakes in California, or I'm sorry, in Texas. Right. Uh, I do miss the, the ocean. I did live 10 blocks away from the ocean. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of fresh water around here that a lot of guys partake in. Uh, the, the The food is decent. It's really, it's actually really good. And it's not just about barbecue out here. You right. Know, when you're visiting here, it's like, oh, barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. I, I can't tell you the last time I ate barbecue. To be honest with you, it's 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 <laughs> right. not it's not really something that uh, I I crave or or we go out for. Yeah,
0: we were uh, we were doing hail out in Dallas. Oh, like Addison, right? One of the yeah. suburbs. And this is years ago, and I'm and maybe six or eight years ago, and I I couldn't get over how many different eating places there are. in in Texas, but around the metros, right? Way more choices than SoCal. Mm -hmm. I mean, SoCal's a lot of... There's some some mom and pops, but it's mostly chain restaurants. Your Chili's and all that crap, you know, Applebee's. Right. Texas, if you're a foodie, I mean, you know, aside from the food trucks and all that, there's so many opportunities, so many options, right? There is,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? You mentioned Addison. Addison is actually known for the the restaurants because that's where a lot of franchises start they start in addison to, to determine whether or not they're going to be able to franchise out to the rest of the country i found that out about a year ago so you'll find a lot of the uh you'll find chains there but they're usually like the bigger chains like uh a lowry's or uh you know more of a i forgot the the food chain that's out there but they they own a whole bunch of like Morton Steakhouse, this that right. uh, Landry's. Uh, a lot of them they if they're going to open up a new restaurant and try to franchise it out, they start in Addison, Wisconsin or Addison, Texas, and move from there. Right, right, right. I didn't yeah. know that.
0: Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Addison's not bad. Um, what uh, are you? So you're not pushing dents anymore, or do you occasionally throw a tool in your hand?
1: I, I have a tool in my hand every day. I'm just not making a living with it anymore. So, <laughs> right, you're my, it and... yeah. Well, we do a lot of uh, myself and Craig. We're two out of the, there's what, six or seven of us. There's seven of us at the shop every day. Okay. And uh, the, myself and Craig are the only two that have been technicians. Wow. So, a lot of the the tool development that you see coming out of Manson right now uh has to deal with craig and myself coming together and testing tools developing tools and putting tools out right uh he has the connections the machine shops, to this the you know the plastic companies and all that and so almost every day we're we're fixing dents we're just not finishing them you know right. what i mean we're, we're yeah, testing out tools
0: yeah yeah why not yeah the uh on that note so maybe a year or two ago and i know you know this this tool so a buddy of mine we're out doing hail i, d- I went to go chase hail Vince. normally I, I mean i got a shop here and we do school but right when COVID hit i kind of panicked kind of mm-hmm. like you said in the 2008 right i'm like what's going to happen yeah you know is california going to shut the doors and i thought to myself all right we, i got a family i got kids even the wife i got to support all these people so I go, insurance never dies. You know, never. You will not kill the insurance industry. You can kill a lot of other ones, but it's sure. been around for centuries, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I go, hail's going to be there. So I saddled up, went out to our first stop was Iowa, uh, Davenport. And we, I had a couple buy shops set up, and then we figured we'd do some retail. And a buddy of mine went out there. And as, as we're pushing, he had this idea of a tool tip that had a bunch of little bumps on it. He's like, this would be a really good tool tip to to push dense, i i instead of just having one tip why not have multiples you know yeah. and you, i know you see, it kind of looks like a like a file like a like a heavy raspy file right sure so you took the drawing went to facebook and threw a picture of rendering up on it and i and now this tool is made by how many different people he never made it
1: but yeah, it just goes yeah. to show
0: you that text like what you said text think up tools that that uh can benefit you know
1: yeah absolutely
0: and I don't even yeah. know what that tip's called. I'm sure you guys have different variations of it. I mean, I see it everywhere now. Yeah, we, used it.
1: we have a variation that we make called the gripple. Uh, and we have an aluminum version and a steel version for yeah. those that are worried about cross-contamination or right. an aluminum panel with the steel yeah. tip. We,
0: yeah, uh, just had that conversation with somebody uh, the other day. Uh, there's a customer uh, of ours that I, I sold some tools to which I very rarely do. This is a couple of years ago. He does two big body shops down in San Diego. And one of them specializes in uh, in luxury, like a lot of aluminum. And then the other one's more like just your standard collision. So the aluminum one is like Bentleys and Mercedes, Ferrari, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And what Bentley did is Bentley came in there and says, look, if you're going to touch our cars, those tools need to stay here at the shop. They you get locked up. And if we ever find that they're going to be touching steel, that's it. You know, the right. contract's gone. Oh, wow. and a lot of guys don't even know what cross-contamination is and yeah i yeah. you know I'll, I'll 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 divert to you T- tell everybody what cross-contamination is
1: well uh when you're dealing with aluminum panels uh corrosion will start well we we at or mark the back of the the panel sometimes we happens. get re, we exactly we might drag our tool to find our tip if we're new or we might have a sharp dent where we're pushing on it continuously and we're yep. breaking through the e-coat that's behind there. That's the protective coat. Right. Uh, once you do that, you've now introduced oxygen to the the bare metal. So not not the end of the world, but in some aspects, it is. It it could be damaging to uh, the car. Right. So right. when you're dealing with oxygen exposed on or you know metal exposed to oxygen, it's going to start corroding. If you live in Southern California, it's not gonna corrode, corrode as fast as if you're living in Houston, Texas or Florida, right next to the salt, salty moisture right, in the air right. all the time. So uh, with aluminum, it oxidizes and corrodes faster when you have steel touching raw aluminum. Uh, it's an electrolysis that happens.
0: Damn I'm so glad I diverted you because I, I didn't have yeah. that all right
1: continue so maybe you've seen it uh I'm trying to think of an analogy but maybe like on your water spigot on your house where you have a copper fitting and then you have a steel hose that's been on there for five or six years and you get all that grain corroded stuff that kind of forms around there right that might happen you might some listener might know maybe it's a bad analogy but that is oxidation that's that's one of the metals that's breaking down Right. Uh, one of one of, the, one of the metals is now attacking the other metal and causing it to oxidize right. and break down.
0: Right. Now, well so, said. So that's so that's why these guys don't want the the steel bits, you know, permeating, polluting the aluminum. So right. therefore, that's why people will keep uh, separate tool sets so there's not bits of the old, like you said, you're dragging. You got little shards of of metal steel going over to the aluminum panels yeah. so is, is that pretty much correct
1: pretty much yeah yeah and the same could be said of drilling holes you know right. uh yeah. you drill a hole in a panel well what happens to the metal shavings of that hole that you just drilled it drops right. down right. to the bottom of the panel and into the the, the corner and it yep. just sits there and air gets to it and water gets to it you know from rain the, yep. You know the windows has seepage; it goes down there. You have oh, drain yeah. holes down there for a like Water
0: gets in there.
1: Water gets in there and drains out the bottom. So the, yep. those little metal shards now get corroded and turn into rust, and then eat right through the e coat and cause damage to the car as well. Right. Now, does it matter in the end of a you know a Honda Civic that you know some sixteen-year-old is driving? No. But does it matter to you know a collection collectible car or a car that's two hundred thousand dollars or three hundred or more? It does. It does.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure you and I have seen those kind of cars with holes in them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I have. Happens. Yeah, yeah. I can honestly say in the 27 years that I was fixing dents, I don't think I ever drilled a hole in a Ferrari or Lamborghini or any high-end car like that. I figured out a way of getting around to, to get to it. Or if you have to pass, you pass. But yeah, exactly, or you pass exactly. Yeah.
0: No, I, I get it. I'm the same way. I'm, I I don't touch a ton of Ferraris and Lambos. Sure, I'd love to, but but the few option opportunities we do, same idea events. I don't. that just or collectible. Let's say yeah. I do a lot more classics than I do like the high end stuff. So if I get like an old Chevelle, uh-huh. um, I'm gonna find a way in, or we're not gonna we're not gonna drill in it. Yeah. You know, they yeah. just don't make sixty eight Chevelle or 70 Chevelle's anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I wish they did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wish they did too. And now yeah. Dodge is is eliminating the the, the gas, uh, you know, the Challenger. That's the last of it this year.
0: I read that. Yeah. It's come going out with a bang. There's a thousand horsepower option or something. Yeah. And that, yeah,
1: the, that's it. Yeah. It's the drag pack or whatever is crazy. Comes, comes with an optional parachute. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. For all you folks who are looking for that.
0: Exactly. um So you're not pushing all that no. hail that's come comes by constantly. uh I mean, Texas is crazy for, for anybody that's listening that hasn't been there. I mean, there's got. I mean, there was a lot of text when I was out there in Addison. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, from where you're sitting right now, there's got to be probably fifty to hundred texts within five miles or ten miles.
1: Oh yeah, that's probably more. To be honest right? with you, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was in Denver last weekend, and I pulled up Google to see how many techs were around me. Yeah, and I, It's hard to say. I mean, well, the two most tail prone places in the whole United States is DFW, the Dallas-Fort Worth, Metroplex, and Front Range, Colorado. Now, yeah. granted, Front Range, Colorado has not been hit in three, maybe four three, years.
0: Three, four years. I was going to about- say Cheyenne. Cheyenne is... Is now granted, it's not that big, but that yeah. seems to be the one, at least according to my professional studies, that, that seems to be it, it's take it and it's just do almost due north of the front range,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, pretty much the, the Dakotas
0: said. and then obviously Canada that the Gulf, you guys in your Gulf just shoot that stuff north, and yeah. uh, yeah, because I, yeah, we did hail in, in Colorado, what was it, 18 right after the big one at 17, at 16, and 17. Mm-hmm. but yeah it's kind of i don't want to say dried up but so so you went to google you searched yeah, it and i and searched
1: you... it it was it was endless so and and granted a lot of the technicians that moved to colorado for that that big rush that you're talking about are have now moved out or moved back to where they came from right uh a lot of it coincided with the goat the the green rush of Colorado, too, because marijuana oh, for sure. was.
0: Uh, oh, no, I know. I had a I, right because they were the first.
1: They were the first. So, yeah, a yeah. lot of uh, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of people in our industry like to partake in the devil's lettuce. And uh, what better way of uh, hanging out in Colorado, make some money and smoke some weed, I guess, you know?
0: That's it. That's it. So, yeah, not, no, they were I'm all- not judging them. No, 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 neither am I. Hey, yeah. to, you know, teach your own. I mean, yeah, whatever. Sure. No, yeah, yeah. I when we were there, there was over a hundred shops on on Google when I looked, and that was like back in '18. I couldn't believe a hundred shops in Denver Metro ish. Yeah. And and Dallas has got to be that plus. I'm thinking at least I thought it was back in the day, unless things have changed.
1: I think there's more independent guys in the DFW area. Is what I find. They all have company names. But I don't see a lot of shops until there has been an, a hail event here. Right. Then, all of a sudden, there's shops. Everyone's scrambling to rent locations.
0: Yeah, and when you say event, we're talking citywide, a pummeling, not like like what's happened. I mean, you guys have gotten hail in the past few days. We talked about it's supposed to hit tonight, the but yeah. these are little yeah. little flurries or little flutter, you right. know, regional neighborhood, you know. Nothing too crazy. Not like where cat teams are going to be rolling out.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's still early in the season. It's still March. Right. This isn't it, truly this
0: is... the the season, right? April, May. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And but it, no, like you said, it's promising. That, I mean, that's good for your business. It's good for my business. Even in sure California, true. it still benefits us in a lot of different ways When when we have a lot of hail.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would catch hail cars all the time. Not all the time, but often at my retail location in california and i think that was a benefit of having a retail location is Big that thing. you know it, at least my experience was it was easier to deal with the insurance company if you had a location rather than be like okay i'll meet you over in dana point at this guy's house yeah, uh, yeah. what time are you going to be there oh you you need a three-hour window what are you going to do you're going to hang out at some guy's driveway for three hours waiting for an adjuster to show up who's got right, time for right. that
0: it, it. yeah it's i know mobile hail guys I don't know how the hell they do it. Yeah. The friend of mine that I told you that had that that started off with that little tool, the the whatever the I forget the name you called it, but uh that's what he did his first season. He an ex whiz Tech as, as well, but he started off in Denver doing uh-huh. mobile hail. Yeah.
1: That's and great. It,
0: it's crazy. I think one of the things is when you do enough hail, especially in a in a neighborhood or an area. If you're getting a lot of the same adjusters, unless, unless they start bringing in cat guys, then it's a whole new thing, right? And yeah. once you're known and trusted, they, a lot of times they'll just they'll just get, hand the sheet over to you and say, all right, you're good, without right. even putting eyeballs on the car. If they do, it's a quick glance. Yeah, it's got hail. I'm not going to count them. All right, let's roll.
1: Sure. And, and my experience in California with hail with adjusters was, it was so beautiful because none of them ever saw it. So they didn't know what to do. So they're like, oh, man, yeah. you can fix this? Like, yeah, I can fix this. Well, then you're not right. gonna cut off the whole roof. No. And then I would throw the, the uh, price at them and like, oh yeah, please, dude, yeah. Are you sure? Here the, the, let me right. give you extra. Because yeah. they didn't know it, they didn't see it, but that's completely opposite when you get to Dallas Fort Worth. The adjusters are they're they're hammering you from what I hear.
0: Yeah, you know. No, I've heard the same thing, and then and then you got the customers. I mean, they they're third or fourth gen you know, getting hail damage though they want they want they want some perks, they want a PlayStation, right. they want a new set of tires, they want a window tint. <laughs> right? I are mean, you from sure you wrong. The stories.
1: Oh, all the time. You know, wave your deductible. I think that's one of the biggest uh you know, it's great to get them in the door, but at the end of the day, we're doing a, a better repair than a body shop. Why would we want to wave a deductible? That's my own personal
0: <laughs> Oh I know I want you know you're who could argue with that? You're right. It, it does a disservice to them and, and this the, the industry. But at the end of the day, those hundreds of individual techs or shops, they're trying to compete.
1: Yeah, you got to play are. the game. You they play are. The game.
0: And you've already got insurance. You and I, I don't know if you want to agree, but I'll say that insurance will steer, even though in a lot of ways it's illegal. Yeah. So they're trying. these techs are trying to compete. And I've been guilty. Of, now, I think it's illegal to waive a, a deductible in Texas, isn't it?
1: Uh, I know it isn't in roofing, but I don't think it is for, uh, for vehicle damage. Okay. That's good to know. And the that's roofers get away with it too, because what they do is they, they, uh, what do they do? You, you rebate, write, or something. they write you a check for a hundred or a thousand dollars or whatever your deductible Right, is. Right, you know right, is? right. So yeah. there, there's, there's loopholes and there'll always be loopholes so at the pay. end of the day. You know,
0: yeah, no, we're, we're all very resourceful. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I still think, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, Brian, but I, I honestly think that our, our industry is still not in its infancy, but we're like teenagers now, you know what I mean? The, the insurance companies take us seriously, the customers out here, they, everyone knows what P, not, I'd say 90% of the people in Texas, know way PDR right. is because right. they've had to have it done on their car uh i found that in california you know the education process you know early on in 98 no one knew what pdr was but not at all yeah now now they do uh,
0: yeah i would say that I, I agree with you i mean i'm, I'm sitting in a degree. retail shop right now that the thing that they don't they know of it but they right. just most of them don't know everybody thinks that dense pop it's just gonna right. pop out right Yeah, I don't know if you hear that phrase out there from when you trip across any people who are not in the industry, but that's that's the over the thing we have to overcome as an industry is educating them the the craftsmanship.
1: Sure. And what I find out here is a lot of people don't care. It's like just fix it, you know, because they're they're used to uh, you know you get your car damaged, you bring it into the shop, and then you go and pick it up when it's done. They don't. majority of them don't care about the process of it. Right. You know, they just think, you know, think about the people that bring it into the car dealership to uh, get an oil change. They're not at back there wondering, you know, what kind of oil did you use? Is it synthetic? (laughs) You know, what's the grade? What's the brand? You know, they, they trust the shot that they took it to, to do the repair properly.
0: Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. At the end of the day, it, it takes a very unique character to drop to dive that and and they're out there they are. but the majority of the industry is not not that guy yeah or guy I,
1: I do remember all the time going above and beyond to educate the customer that came into my 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 shop and it's like yep you know what they don't really care i'm just jibber jabbering. they just want it fixed it's a <laughs> lease return they don't care what right you know, what i'm doing they just don't want to have to pay for it when they turn it in on the lease Right. No, for sure. For sure. And that's, <laughs> and that's, if,
0: I don't know if you'd agree, but back when I get lease return customers are come in here, I typically can't hit them for full pop. I mean, because they, most of them get it. It's, it's a rented car going back. If they're burning the cash. Yeah. They, they don't want to drop it. Like if they just bought the car, you know, it's a whole different customer mindset. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It really is. It's, it's bizarre.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, uh... well,
1: Vince. Look, we we've,
0: we've gone for an hour. I mean, I, I don't want to send you yeah. down out there forever. No, uh, not a problem. No, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, let keep, keep me in the loop on the IMI stuff because obviously yeah. for myself and for my clients, for the students that I still do training, so they would definitely like to. I know. I, and we were just talking about this the other day. I think you probably know this in Canada. I think they require you. It's not IMI or maybe an IMI type of class. But I know most insurance up there wants you to have a trim class. Have you heard that?
1: Uh, I haven't heard that, but that's that's not out, out of the norm. I mean so much stuff gets destroyed. Yeah, by... I know. In England, if you're working on an insurance vehicle, you have to be a cert- certified PDR technician. By and like certified by like IMI or some other entity. Same with if you're working on a, uh, a, a vehicle at a body shop and it, insurance is paying for it and it's a uh, hybrid or electric, you have have to have to have that certification or they will not let you work on the vehicle.
0: So there really is such thing as, as certified PDR out in the in, in England.
1: Yeah, I have, I have my card. I'm certified in PDR by the IMI in England. <laughs> I had to do that wow. part of that to become an instructor.
0: Yeah, but let's say you wanted to do retail out there. As, as long as you're not doing insurance work, could you still do it? Or is it against yeah. the
1: law? No, okay. no, no, absolutely not. But you have to think of it like this. Uh, if you're a business owner, like you have a shop there, and right. say your your outlet went out, your little 110 outlet. right? You, you're pretty handy. You would go and change that out yourself, right? Right. You can't do that in England. If you yeah. have a shop, like an actual shop, not your home, you could probably do it at your home. But at a shop, if they catch you not using a licensed, certified electrician to come out and change out that outlet, you will be fined heavily. Wow. Yeah.
0: Those damn crazy. brits. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, look, but, Vince, yes. we, we got to meet up. I got, I, I'll I try to get out there. Uh, are you guys going to do any open houses soon?
1: Yes. Uh, May 6th is our big open house. Yeah. Uh, if you subscribe to uh, Anson, uh, Anson, I think you might, or if you Facebook and all that stuff, follow us on Facebook. And yep. uh, if you're a customer of ours and you subscribe to us, you're going to get an email probably tomorrow uh, to let you know a lot more about it. But it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. Last year, I think we had over 300 technicians there. Yeah, you had so, food
0: and all kinds of stuff, didn't you? Yeah,
1: food. It's BYOB. We don't, we don't supply your... You know your alcohol we we look the other way after drinking stuff like right. that we don't really care uh, right.
0: okay.
1: but we're not going to supply it and uh there'll be a taco truck which is uh salsa limon which is fantastic tacos out of fort worth uh-huh. and uh yeah it's, there's always giveaways and and it's a great way to network if you are a hail technician uh it's a great way to network and a lot of people start in dfw and then branch out from there for the hail right. season.
0: So. oh for sure for sure no yeah. doubt, no yeah. doubt. Well, d- well, look, I, I want to get you back on. I'd, I'd love to. We could do a little more of a deep dive about hail, which I know you know quite a bit about it. That'd be that'd be a fun topic, especially since we're starting to kind of get into the season. Sure. But uh, not tonight, because I know you got a family. You have kids too, right?
1: I got a 16-year-old. Yes.
0: A 16-year-old. Yes. Well, barely a kid now, huh?
1: 16-year-old boy. Uh, yeah, I have a 29-year-old too. He's out okay. in the world already.
0: Wow. This oh, one that I'm responsible for.
1: Great. Yes, exactly.
0: Wow. Well very cool, Vince. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: You betcha. Um
0: like I said, we'll we'll definitely meet up and uh let's let's circle back in a few months and maybe we'll talk some hail.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Thank Brian. You. Of
0: course, Vince. Have a good night. Uh, you too. Bye. All right.